I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality, and performance, and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to the Move the Guesswork podcast. I'm Leanne Spencer, your host, and I hope you had a really great week. Last week, I talked a bit about the perils of doing nothing and try to kind of inspire and motivate you to just pick up something small and run with it. So I had some pretty good feedback on that episode. So I hope that resonated and you've been able to do something with that. This week, I want to talk a bit about nutrients, inflammation and glycemic variability. Three things that I, th- I think make up a significant contributor to longevity, longevity of health span, which is something again I touched on last week. So it's not a comprehensive list. There are other things, of course, that contribute to longevity and managing your disease risk and all these other things. But these three in particular, I'm keen on. They've, they've been very topical for the conversations and talks I've been giving lately. So I want to talk to you about these. Nutrients. My whole idea is around nutrients, not calories. Completely forget about calorie counting. I guess there's a place for it in some instances, but I'm really not a fan of it. Whether you're trying to lose weight or, or whatever it is you're doing with body composition, don't do it via counting calories. Think about and prioritize nutrients. And the way you can do that is by eating clean whole foods, obviously. So fruits, other kind of whole foods and vegetables, a diet that's largely comprised of vegetables and fruits is always going to be very healthy, but don't ignore the other food groups as well. Other starts or starchy carbohydrates, not refined carbohydrates, fish, meat, oils, good quality oils, but thinking about the nutrients in the food rather than the calories. If you're eating a 1800 calorie a day diet, for example, it's very easy to do that with a couple of Snickers bars and maybe a Diet Coke or something like that topped off. But none of that has any significant nutrients in. So really think about getting as much nutrients into your food as possible. And one of the ways I do that is trying to include as much variety as I can. You may recall we did a challenge with the Chuckling Goat guys where we challenged people to eat 50 different food groups or food types, sorry, just 50 simple different types of foods in a week. Now we kind of went at it, but we didn't really go for it because we wanted to see what it was like to try and do it on a normal week. And we got to 48. Most of us aren't eating anywhere near 48 different types of foods based on conversations I've had. So tons and tons of variety. And that's variety of a food type as well. So with vegetables, for example, eat all the different color vegetables, eat different textures of vegetables, root vegetables, greens, just as much variety as you possibly can. Thinking about clean and whole foods. So a a little rule of thumb that I have is that if one of our ancestors was to come down and come forward in time, And look at what we had on our plates. Would they recognize it? Um, A Cornish pasty, they're not going to recognize it. Chicken Kiev, not going to recognize it. Sausage roll, not going to recognize it. But they would recognize meat and fish with vegetables on a plate. So if it's recognizable to your ancestors, it's probably a pretty good bet. And that's a good rule of thumb, I think. The second thing is inflammation. 
Now, again, I've spoken about this on the pod before. Inflammation in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. If you cut your finger, you want there to be a response of the the red and white blood cells to that area to cause the inflammation to protect against infection. That is normal and that's the the right way for it to be. That's the, the healthy response to a cut, for example. But inflammation can be caused by other things, which is not a positive. So stress, for example, chronic stress causes inflammation. Inflammation we know is a contributor to mental health conditions like depression, but it also causes lots of other problems within the body. So generally speaking, unless it's in a a response to a cut or a healthy inflammation response, we want to minimize this as much as we can. And it's been demonstrated actually that inflammation is a very key contributor to longevity. So in other words, avoiding an inflammatory situation in the body tends to help us to live a little bit longer. Inflammation can be caused, I mentioned, by chronic stress, but also by sugar, poor diet, lack of sleep, poor gut health. And these are all areas that it is relatively easy to fix. You know, we can all make significant changes to our diet, even if it takes us a long time, as per last week's episode. As long as you're making steps towards a better diet and you haven't got anything immediately critically wrong with you, then you can afford to go slow and steady. And that's how these habits are reformed. When we form a bad habit, when I started drinking, for example, I didn't go straight into two, three bottles of wine a day. It crept up over a period of a number of years. And in, you know, not quite with alcohol, but with other things, you know, you can unwind those habits over time as learn. That's the way to break them. Otherwise it's too drastic. It's easy, relatively easy to control sugar. That is my one vice, but you can start to dial back on that. I've got a kind of a three tokens rule that I have with sugar, which is a, it may sound a bit kiddie, but it works well for me. I avoid sugar in the week and I only have three sugary things at weekends. So that might be a pastry or a dessert or a slice of pie or something. I don't count dark chocolate, 85% dark chocolate. I'll have a little bit of that most evenings after a meal, but that's how I manage my sugar. And that's worked really effectively. Diet, I, you know, you can make changes to that so it's less inflammatory. And one of the best things you can do for that is eat according to your DNA, but also eat according to your gut health. So the DNA, and I'll link to the DNA test and the gut test in the show notes, but your DNA will inform you on your carbohydrate sensitivity, your saturated fat sensitivity, your basic requirements for vitamins like B6, B12, D3, even your requirements for antioxidants and cruciferous vegetables, which is part of the detox process. So eating according to your DNA will help you to reduce inflammation because you won't be eating foods that your body fundamentally can't process or assimilate. So that's a pretty big one. Gut health, that gives you some real-time data into what your body needs right now and what your gut bacteria can help you absorb and convert into energy and what they can't. So I think combining those two things, as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, is a really smart move. And again, I'll link to both those two things in the show notes so that you can click through and have a look at those. So managing inflammation, really important one. Good sleep, manage your stress, cut down on your sugars, clean up your diet and eat according to your DNA and do some gut testing to find out what's really going on with your bacteria at this point in time. Now, the last point is glycemic variability. This really refers just to the fluctuations in your blood sugar levels. The blood sugar fluctuates according to food that comes in, particularly carbohydrate, but other all food or all energy that comes into the body. And ideally, what we want to have is lots of insulin sensitivity. So insulin is released by the pancreas. It helps bind to the glucose and take it down to the liver, to muscles, and ultimately to our fat cells if there's an excess of it. 
Now that's a, a normal process, that's insulin doing its job, but we don't want too much variability in our blood sugars because insulin, can, the receptor cells can become insensitive to insulin and that leaves you with a situation where you've got elevated blood sugar and elevated insulin levels. But we want good insulin sensitivity now. I'm wearing a continual blood glucose monitor at the moment and I can see that when my blood sugars go up, they, they come down fairly quickly again because insulin is doing its job. I've got good insulin sensitivity. But I am careful not to have too many foods that really spike my blood sugar because over time, we also know that glycemic variability is a key contributor to longevity. If you have too much variability, too much up and down all day, it will impact your longevity. But also on a day-to-day -day basis, it's going to cause you problems in terms of your energy levels, your weight management, even your mood. So managing glycemic variability is another key one. I'll put a link to the Dexcom G6 that I'm wearing. It's a device which is attached to my skin. It's got a little probe that's gone through the skin and it's measuring real-time changes to my blood sugar. It's an interesting thing to wear on a short-term basis. I wouldn't wear it long-term, but of course, if you're diabetic, it's a fantastic device to have. And I have learned some interesting things about what foods spike my blood sugar. Coffee does, for example, which is normal because it elicits a cortisol response. Exercise does for the same reason. Get a little, a little hit in the morning because we get a little hit of cortisol about 20 minutes after we wake up. So all of that kind of stuff is normal, but it's interesting to see it in real time. So to summarize, nutrients, not calories. Control your inflammation manage your glycemic variability. And they are three things that not only will affect your health today in a very positive way, but also help you improve your longevity of health span later on in your life. So takeaways really are, again, as I said last week, take something from this and start small and work it into your lifestyle. Whether it's inflammation or you pick glycemic variability or you try and get more nutrients in, just go for one of those things. If you're ambitious and you've got the headspace at the moment to do more, do more, but you will notice a pretty immediate impact when you work on any one of those things. So hopefully that will have motivated and inspired you to take action. I'll link to everything we've talked about in the show notes. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks very much for listening. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.